You are listening to the Men's Ministry Roundtable Podcast. This is a ministry of Christian Assembly Church in Los Angeles, California. I am your host, Marvin Enriquez, and this is how we get down. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Men's Ministry Roundtable Podcast. This is Kev. This is Season Churches. 2, Episode 2. And we're here around the Men's Ministry Roundtable podcast. I've got some really special guests with me today. Around the round table. A special I've, guest or special guest? Special. You are a special. Mm. Uh, yeah, the special, special guest today is George Hot Flash <laughs> Fernandez. How am I a special guest? I'm a regular. You're always special. But you're always special. Oh, Michael. look at you. Love you, baby. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. And good morning. especially hey, I'm not special. done saying good morning. Oh, sorry. Good morning, oh. everyone. <laughs> Okay. And especially, <laughs> especially a special because he was here on time, and by time we mean two minutes late. Yes. But still, that uh, is that's Filipino some, time. Filipino that's time. That's something pretty special, yes. Robert. I'm always late, Concepcion. And he's wearing we have, pants. Well, you know, we have a special guest he's, today. Just describe uh, his outfit for us today because this is something interesting. Our special guest today. He's wearing so, golf wear but pants. I mean, the, right? the pants look like they're lycra or some spandex oh, or something. They, they, they look good. Those are oh. golf pants. And then he's got a really nice golf polo and then the red I like shoes it. with, I no, like with it. no socks. No, no, no. He looks good. He looks good. It's looks good. honor of our special skin, guest today. Skin colored socks. <laughs> well, you look good, Robert. Thanks for being here on time. We appreciate you. And our special guest. Special, special. Spe- yes. The most special guest around the round Oh my table God, he just today. got up and left. Sit back down. <laughs> Close the door. Uh, we have the honor and privilege of having Mr. Tommy Walker. <laughs> Tommy's in the house. Say, say hello to our three yes. listeners, Tommy. Hello. <laughs> you know who our three listeners are? Uh, no. Our wives. Our, our wives. wives, yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to, we used to play at a coffee house. Uh, this was when I was single many, 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 many years ago. And we all, we brought all our girlfriends to the concert, and they were the only ones there. And they were always, had to stay for the whole thing because we drove them there. So I know, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> our wives are in our car. Sometimes right <laughs> sometimes we pay Robert's kids to listen just so we can rack up a few downloads. There you go. But, uh, there you go. But they, lately, 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 Nike. <laughs> lately, they have unionized and they don't want to be a part of the show anymore. They talk to George's kid. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening. As always, if you have any questions for us, for Tommy, for anybody at Men's Ministry, you can email us at men at cachurch.com. Help us spread the word. You can easily share this episode with your friends, your loved ones, hey, even your enemies, if you really want to do that to them. Uh, simply hit that little uh, arrow button in your phone and you can share it. George, do you know how to share I, I, our... I, was, I don't have an arrow button. There's, there's a little uh, an outward arrow. arrow and you press that outward it's arrow. subscribe button. Oh. Yeah, and you can share this episode with people. You can text it to them. You can post it on social media. How many people have listened to our... As of today, you guys, we have... 4,672 people that have listened to the Men's Ministry Roundtable uh, podcast. Now, well, now that's Robert, that. your kids have done a great job of at least <laughs> of just, cl- of just clicking. Yeah, they're just clicking, clicking. away. Oh, yeah. So I, at a penny a click, we owe them at least 40 well, bucks. You know. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know the math on this, but <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, to all of those that are consistently listening uh, and subscribe to our podcast, we, we kid and we joke, but we want to say thank you because... Yeah. Because of you, we've upgraded. We have brand new microphones in the studio here. Yes. Four microphones. Four microphones. We started with one. The three of us were all next to each other. One is Remember? broken, unfortunately. 
this may be the last time we're actually in studio with the uptick of coronavirus cases. We might go back to a lockdown. Come I mean, on. Germany, Come France. On. Where's, your, where's your optimism? I, I'm fully optimistic, but I'm also looking at cases. What do you guys think? I don't know. I'm hoping that it doesn't it doesn't get back to a lockdown situation. I'm I'm hoping the same, but I'm looking at what's happening in Europe and and they're moving into lockdown. Now, did they open prematurely or what was that? Is they did they do it too, too quickly? Is I that why? I don't think so. I think you know. I mean, they were open around you know when we were, and and uh, Germany and France are both in lockdown. Oh wow. Yeah, I just I mean, I, yeah, I think you know we've read the number of cases are going up, but I I think that the the death rate is significantly lower. So I think yeah. we have a much better handle and things like that. So I think, I think we'll be okay. Okay. Well, with that sense of optimism, we'll continue being in the studio here. <laughs> Next to each other. Next to, well, no, we're, we're have there's some subterration. I mean, you guys are close, but you guys are always close. So. Yeah. We're, so one of the things others. that our families try to do, Tommy, in, in this uh, season is we have tried to adopt a dog. We felt like the kids were home from school. They needed a friend. Matthew left us for college, so we, you know, we're down one in so our Matthew's family. Placement is a dog. So, <laughs> so we're trying to replace. We're trying to replace our. Love you, Matthew, but we're getting a Chihuahua. <laughs> Matthew does listen sometimes. We love you, Matthew, but we're trying to replace you with a dog. Uh, so we've been trying to adopt a dog, and you know, we're, we didn't want to just go out and buy a dog. So we were looking at the shelters, but over the quarantine time, people have been adopting like crazy. Mm-hmm. And the shelters are actually empty, so now w- there aren't any dogs to choose from in the shelters, except you know the old ones. But. Got, got, got it. So what are you saying? I mean, so what are you saying? I mean, you people don't. So, yes. Yeah, so you, you, you don't want to adopt a dog that's what older than a year or so? No, a year's fine. I'm talking about you know dogs that are on, at the end of their doggy life. Doggy life. Huh? <laughs> well, how many years is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything over five. Anything over five years, I think, gets a little old for dogs. That's, do you guys dog owners? Mm. I used to be. Used to be. Used to be. You guys have a dog, Tommy? Yeah, we have two dogs. Yeah. And, right and now, Tommy? How old are your dogs? Mm-hmm. Okay. One's 12, and he's very precious to us. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But <laughs> with, with, that, with, with, with Mr. <laughs> sensitivity over here saying, after five, what's the point? Yeah, but well, go ahead. No, no, no. But would you adopt <laughs> a dog that was older than a certain age? So the last seven years have been ridiculous for him, right? <laughs> No meaningfulness. To tell you the truth, my dogs are wearing me out, and uh, I think I've got a dog for you. (laughs) (laughs) Discount dog. But he's 12 years old. I can't take a 12-year-old dog. (laughs) I have a younger one, too. I have an assortment, if you're interested. How old's the other one? The other one's like six or something. Yep. Yeah. So so here's the crazy thing, though. Because of this and the dog sings, brother. scarcity, if the dog plays, if the dog plays guitar and worships, we'll take him. Doxology dog. <laughs> because of the scarcity in the shelters, they're they're being. Why really is Tommy leaving the, again? Get back in here. <laughs> so, they're asking for a lot of things before you adopt a dog. So, you fill out an application for the shelter. Uh, but they also want a video tour of your house. No, they don't. So y- yes, so my daughter had to okay. go around with her phone and videotape all the different rooms and where the dog's gonna play and, and do his business. And Serious? Those kind of things. Tommy they want. You. Look at the way I he promise you. They want. They some have asked for like financial no, statements. No, at that no, point, no, I, no. I drew the line. Just, you know what? Daughter, just, just buy a we're dog. We're not from sending a the shelter our tax returns. But they're asking for a lot of things. They want like a, a, an in-home visit to make sure that the dog is no, going to be stopped. Yeah. No. <laughs> I promise Make sure you. that you're suitable parents. I promise you. I mean, this is like, there's more requirements than to adopt a child. Psych test? 
I, they might want me to take a, some kind of psychological evaluation. Oh, Tommy, I mean, did you have to go through that? There's a lot of requirements to adopt a dog. I had no idea. It was this intense. No. We're, we were, Robin just, we, we were in front of the, I mean, excuse me, Robin was in front of the north side one night and this firefighter had a little cute little dog in his arms. He's like, I found this dog in the Target parking lot. He's lost. You want to take him? And, and Rob was like, well, okay. <laughs> and so she comes home with this little little mutt, and that's Woody, and I couldn't believe she did it. So that's how that happened. That was pretty easy. So see, all you got to do is hang around the fire station, well, that's, that That was my idea of adopting a dog. I thought you'd or go target. to a shelter the tar- and you'd, you'd, go pick, to you'd pick the scraggly, yes. you know, one that just... That's I've done that. But they don't do that anymore. The they that want no a wants. video tour and they want financial statements and they Which want... Which pound did you go to, Marvin? Come Pasadena on Humane Society at Burbank, the Burbank shelter. Now... Here's the craziest. Here's a, a rat. Here's the craziest thing that I've seen. They have now websites where they rescue dogs from China. They rescue them from the, the kitchen. They rescue them from the meat. The meat trade. They do, and they then you have to pay for the cargo and the shipping cost to and the passport and the visa Stop. to get the dog into the the U.S. Stop. I'm telling you the truth. The immigration test. No, no immigration test. But they, you have to pay for them to, to ship it over here, but you're rescuing them from the meat trades in China. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting, because I thought it was kind of chewy when I went to... Uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, Tommy, you've been in China. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Tommy's getting up again. No. He's trying not... He, he's got, he's got a, a lot of listeners... Tommy has a lot of listeners in Asia. He's trying not to offend them. I get that. So anyway, pray for us. We're trying to adopt a dog. Oh, wait, Tommy was about to answer. Yeah, oh, was you, he? you cut well, him off. Well, uh, I don't. Even, I don't know. I don't know what I should say on this. Anything. Podcast. Anything. <laughs> Anything goes. I, trust me. I have literally, been, you know, ministered amongst very, very poor people, and and I've heard that they get so desperate they eat dogs yeah. and cats. You know, in the in, it's terrible. No, I. I no, I'm seriously. half joking, but the 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 website does tell okay. you that they're yeah. rescuing these dogs from the, the meat yeah. trade in China. So that might be our next move. We might have a Chinese dog. They I might would, not understand a word we're saying because we're speaking to the dog in Chinese. But can I say something? Like I go, I walk, I like walk through Montrose. I go on walks a lot for my exercise. I mean, it seems like everybody has a dog. Yes, mm. everybody has a dog, and you're there, and they're like eating outside. Yeah. And they have their dog with them, and every time you walk past them, or especially everybody walk past them with their dog, all the dogs are barking at each other. But it's interesting to me, which I think probably is what you're getting at at some point, is... <laughs> no, there's no point. I have no point. Yeah, what he's saying is land the plane, Marv. <laughs> I mean, people people are lonely, and they, they emptied out the shelters yep. because they... They want a companion, which I, I have no problem with it. But I mean, there is everybody has a dog. I can't believe yeah. it. Do, well, do you I, bring? Do you bring your dog into stores? Oh, now you've opened it. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, because so, I, I I want to know how you feel about that. I have my own thoughts on that. You probably can imagine. But do you bring your dog into? No, I like don't. Like when you go but shopping. I, I travel a lot, and I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but. People bring dogs in the airport and on mm-hmm. airplanes and everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. And one time, and I, I love dog. I, I can say this because I'm a dog lover and I have two dogs. But one time I was on a flight, in fact, on a flight recently, and the 
the service dog in front of me was like a big German shepherd and there was this dog could not fit in the in the seat and so it was like it's it was on the floor and its feet were in the aisle and uh, which is not safe they don't yeah. let you keep your feet in the aisle because you'll trip somebody right. but, for, but, because but if it's it a, dog, a dog they allow the dog to just lay in the middle of the aisle well, I've seen the hugest dogs whatever I am an animal lover but I just have to say one thing that was really funny for me uh, the, I have a nephew who is a pilot uh, well, I won't say what airline, but anyways, he what said, airline? Uh, <laughs> he said that people bringing <laughs> service animals on airplanes has become a problem. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. And somebody brought a peacock oh, on the plane, and then what? where they had to a shut it down was somebody. Brought, this is a true story. Somebody brought a Shetland pony on no. the service no. onto the plane, and that's when the airline said. Okay, we've got to fix this. We got to yes. do something about that. Wow. So, it, what's this Shetland pony? It's my service dog. Yeah, gotten a little what, bit. What did, yeah, what did wow. you understand about service yeah pony? But, well, but people not, are people are lonely. Yeah. People are lonely, and in this quarantine season, you know, mm. kids are lonely and and they're missing their companionship. So dogs filled filled turning into turning into animals. So we'll see. We'll see. Our kids are mm. man. They want a dog bad, but we'll see. Mm. We're trying to do something responsible and not go buy from a breeder. And but you know, who knows. What's wrong with buying from a breeder? Well, one, they're like three thousand dollars. I'm not going to pay that for a dog. I want, fire, I want the fire. I want the firefighter to give me a free dog. Um, <laughs> dog. Well, as long as it's under five. If I have to pay for a flight from China, mm. I, it might, I might be close to three thousand. I don't know. Anyway, George, what's happening in the world of finance? No, this, I don't want to leave this topic. This was so. No, just no, we, we got to get to Tommy, <laughs> Tommy oh, wait, Walker's uh, interview. No, Tommy did not answer whether he walks his dogs. And, and oh, I'm sure restaurant. he's got kids to do those kinds of things. <laughs> I have a big backyard. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what, what's happening in the world of finance? Well, actually, the, this the last couple of days uh, for those of you that are that follow the stock market, it's been hit pretty hard. Um, but I guess what I wanted to how low can it go? Uh, well, it's it's volatile. I think we'll have volatility between now and and when the presidential election is is finalized, and who knows when that'll be. Well, but George, they're saying this is just the tip of the mm. real dip. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a different. Here's, here's the philosophy I want to share with you guys is, and I think I've shared it with you guys, panic is never a strategy. Mm. So if, if you have a sound strategy in terms of what you're investing in, you're invest, investing. Looking good today. Today? Well, no, today is, is up. Is today is up. To, and, it, and you're up and you have, you have stocks or mutual funds or it's ETFs that you're comfortable with, you've done research, then... I look at it when the market is down, those are opportunities to pick up and buy things on, on a discount. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. not panic, not get out of the market if you're a long-term investor, stay invested and actually even add to your positions. But one of the most important things, like I was having a conversation with someone um, this week in a meeting, is to me there's there's really two, two important parts, well there's more than two parts, but two key parts to investing is one is you, you have to invest you have to be invested in order to you know to build wealth but if you're going to be invested in the stock market it's important in terms of what you're invested right so you can have people that are very disciplined and put money away and they save and they have a good you know good plan that's 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 only half the story the second half is what then are you invested in mm -hmm. because if you're if you don't have a proper allocation or you're not invested in, in things that are appropriate for you 
then you can really do a lot of harm or forego a lot of good. Yeah. So anytime you guys want to talk about that, um, hit me up and I'll be happy to sit with you guys. And they can get a hold of you by emailing you at? Yeah, absolutely. Where? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Jorge, J-O-R-G-E-F at cachurch.com. JorgeF at church.com. You know, your your uh, email is pretty popular. Tom uh, plugged your email also uh, yeah, last weekend. That's, that's right. what I heard. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I don't know. Have you been getting a lot of traffic? Yeah, I mean, I'm busy. There's a lot of people that uh, that are in need of. Well, good. George is a good guy to talk to. If you have that. any questions regarding uh, finances um, or stewardship, Robert, yes, sir. guess what happened this week? What happened this week? Our Dodgers won the World Series. Oh, my goodness. But Justin Turner is positive with Corona. What's going on? He's going to jail. Listen, let's not rain the parade here. Let's not rain on the parade. I hate that. Like, wait, they won the World Series. Let's just talk about that, right? I know. know. Let's talk about that. So, what, 33 years? 32. 32 of drought. I was 11 years old uh, in my parents' apartment living room when Kirk Gibson hit that home run in 1988. And I've waited 32 years, and I watched it next to my 12-year-old son. So I turned over and I looked at him. I said, "Son, enjoy this, because it might be—you might be my <laughs> age the next time they win again." I don't know. They look pretty tough. I think they're going to come back next year. This is this is a good team. I mean, we've knocked on the door a lot, but it, as, you know, as you know, they're very good. Yeah, as you know, it's hard to win a championship, especially in baseball. It's 160 games. This season obviously was different, but 160 games—it's a long grind-out season. A lot of injuries. A lot of things can happen. So you enjoy it when you can, and then you don't know when it happens again. Yeah, this was like a mini season. Was the um, was Seager uh, appropriately given the MVP? You think? Uh, you know, he had the the best average. He had the best postseason in general. Me personally, I think Mookie Betts is our catalyst. Mm. Um, I think our pitcher Julio Urias had a great uh, World Series, and Kershaw had two wins as well. <clears throat> so you had you could have gone a number of different ways. Happy for Kershaw. I feel like the monkey's off his back, yeah. right? If there's one guy who I think really deserved it, it was Kershaw. That guy, I mean. Because he never really performs in the postseason. He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. He did well, though. Yeah, he did. Last time he pitched. He did. He got, he got two wins in this, yeah. in this World Series. Can I say I was first at, at Christian Assembly, and I, I don't remember why, but I was walking on Merton Street because I don't know if people realize, but the church owns those homes behind the church there, and a lot of staff members live there and stuff. And, and I was walking on that sidewalk there, and um, it was real nice weather that day. And all of a sudden, I heard like a bunch of shouts from from the, <laughs> from the houses. Ah! And so I I ran into one of the houses, which was actually Armin Calvillo, and he's like, "Kurt Gibson just hit a home run. We won the World Series." <laughs> oh. And so for me, it's interesting because it marks my beginning at Christian Assembly. That's how long it's been. And uh, since, but that's when the, they won the World Series, and so, so that's when you that ran, was your first year on staff in nineteen eighty. That was um, actually I wasn't on staff yet, but I was just I was here and I was just volunteering mm. on, the, on the worship team. But I remember running in the house and seeing the replay of that yeah. home run. Wow. And it seemed like such an unsuspecting home run. Yeah. You know, and uh, so yeah, it's been a while. Wow, <laughs> was thirty-two exciting. years. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that long until I talked to you yesterday. Yep. That it, yeah. Because they're always there. I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs there. every year. Yeah. And no. I just thought, no, they had to have won like in, t- in the 2000s. No. And then, no. I thought, yeah. Well, you know, it was uh, it was kind of sketchy after that uh, that game where they had a freak loss at the ninth inning, right? That was, I mean, that I was thought, terrible. wow, this is going to be a game changer that, now. That could have been a, a pivotal moment that would have demoralized them. Yeah. But they came right back out the next game and they won. They, and they, they, were, they were clearly the, they were the better team. Yeah. They were. 
Yeah. Well, congratulations to all the Dodger fans out there. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, you were scheduled to go to the Game 7, brother. I was. So here, here was my dilemma. Whoa. I had a friend who had called me and said, hey, uh, I don't know how you feel about traveling, but I've got tickets to Game 7. The games are being played in, in Texas and Dallas. And they were allowing 12,000 fans into each game, and he had secured four tickets. Wow. So he said, who on who at CA, who at CA staff is a really good Dodger fan? Mm. I immediately thought of Sean Strovis, and I thought of Carlos Ciccone. There you go. So I called both of those guys up. I said, hey, mm. we've got tickets to go to Game 7. Are you guys in? So we were all in. This, this very generous friend bought the tickets, paid for the flights, paid for the hotel. All we had to do was go. Wow. So, you know, we had... When I was watching the game on, on Tuesday night, <laughs> oh, I was man. thinking, if they lose, I'm yeah. going to game tomorrow. Were you hoping they, they would lose? Absolutely. No, so I was hoping they would win, obviously. No, you had to hope they would lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, Either way, it was, was, was going to be, be a win. win. Yeah. Either way, it was going to yeah. be a win for me. Just and, for you. Uh, I would have been just begging for him to lose. Like, Keep snelling. Keep him in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we were down 1-0, and he was pitching as well as he was. I thought, okay, we might, I might have yeah, to start packing yeah. a bag here. <laughs> and then they took him out. They should have left him. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, they should have won or lost. So him. yeah, I would have, uh, I would have been flying back this morning actually. So. Wow. So what would have happened with this? We were gonna do this at two p.m. originally. Oh. I was supposed and to be back the whole, at it. And the whole podcast would have been so much better because you'd have told us the story of being there. Man, Either they that lost. or they would have <laughs> lost and I'd be like, I don't want to do this podcast right now. I'm yeah. so mad. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's a word true. we've never heard before. <laughs> wow. All right. So, Robert, tell us, tell the men what's happening around the world of men's ministry. Men's ministry. Okay. Well, we still have our manly minute. But for you guys who are uh, an expert in whatever field you think you're an expert in, Come share it with us, Manly Minute. Uh, email Marvin for your um, expertise, and we'll put you on video, and we'll showcase and highlight uh, your expertise for a minute, and uh, so you can share it with everyone. What would yeah. be an example of that? Marvin? Robert? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, golf? Car guy. You golf. talked about golf. Uh, yeah. Golf yeah. would be, I mean, if someone has, hey, someone. improve your swing. Uh, if everyone, a car, car situation would be great. Um, Playing yeah. an instrument? Yeah, absolutely. If in a, in a minute, if you can show us how to play the ukulele or something, you know, the what? the viola. Do a picture and video with your dog. Oh, okay. How to walk your dog? How to how walk to your walk dog in one yes. minute or less? How to fill out the application the is, if can, you adopt a dog? Can you? You teach, can't do that in a minute. Can you teach something Apparently. or encourage men in a minute or less? That's what we want how to do with this. Three grand to get a dog. There you go. <laughs> Where to you. allocate your uh, adoption money? Tommy, you actually did uh, segments in your web uh, website about uh, teaching how to play the guitar, uh, uh -huh, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've uh, seen, and then I've actually watched uh, some of the segments that he has in how to... Uh, so did you learn, Robert? It was too difficult for me. <laughs> he really has some, you know, heavy stuff in there, and he, you know, it's for an experienced uh, uh, guitar player. All right, all right. But, all right. Uh, yeah, he's been teaching... You're a great guitarist, you really well, are. Well, we did one, mm -hmm. one on Instagram that... For ultra beginners, just so you know, it's out there. It's like a, anyways, it's a, a one minute each day for five days. It's just a one minute video, and um, I was was teaching people how to play my daughter Eileen's song, nice. Jesus Christ, You Are My One mm. Desire. You know that song. So I did the chords in such a way where it is really simple. So 
I don't know if anybody could find it now on my Instagram account, Tommy Walker Ministries Instagram account. But there's <laughs> a plug. <laughs> wait, 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 no, no. Where can we find that? Say that again, Tommy. Tommy Walker where do we, Ministries where do we, on Instagram. Where do we find account. that? Yeah. yeah I, I, What's Instagram? No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Tommy Walker Ministries. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, and if you go, you know, to a person's profile, you can go to all their posts, and Mm. it's called uh, like One Minute Lessons or something like that. And and we actually have on there, actually, uh, um, in a real beginner sense, like how to play the cajon, how to play piano, guitar, and different. (laughs) It's not not what you think, George. It's not what you think. But we all uh, play with. It's a box. That you you that's play. Awesome. Is that's that the yeah like that drum? You know, if there's if there's an instrument yeah. that I want to play, I want to play the cajon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not the cajon. Is. <laughs> <laughs> now you making Tommy? He said it. He said it. Look at that. Tommy. Tommy got up and closed the door. George. I'm just barely staying here. Right now. Yeah. That that one looks cool to me though. That one looks cool to me. Yeah, I would love to learn how to play. All that. right. Yeah. Well, Robert, I didn't know that was what it was called. Uh, tell us, uh, we've got to. Wait, 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 wait. Give, uh, you know, Tommy is a great example of the Manly Minute. That's a great example. Actually, of all of those would be really Actually, good. Actually, we can link his Instagram Manly Minute with our stuff. Right? We certainly can, and so we'll probably yeah we'll do that on the Men of CA Facebook. How, how long? Page. How long is it though? He said it's about a minute. It really is one minute. <laughs> well, that's. That's no, that's point. what it is. It's the point. Yeah. No, no, the the little. Rec- oh, that would be perfect. Then. I didn't know. I thought you were saying that's no, about a minute. All right. All right. Well, uh, Robert. Lastly, uh, we've got a, a change in the schedule coming up for Village Christian Services. Tell us about that. And yes. Uh, not only is daylight saving time changing our schedule, we are moving. We're falling back actually, right? Mm-hmm. For daylight saving. We are. Yeah. And uh, with that, we're gain also, an hour. No, no, of we're sleep. falling back. Oh, gaining our sleep. Right. Yes. So with that, we're uh, we're coupling that with a change in the schedule because of the uh, the weather and because of the sun being up. So I think we're gonna start. We're setting the late. Su- the sun being up. Sun. No, setting late. <laughs> the sun yeah, comes up setting too. early. Setting yeah. early. Go on. <laughs> Marvin, I'm not sure exactly what time. I, I, can, I have a sense that you have no idea what you're talking about. I do have a sense that we're moving our schedule. But we are. Exactly our services time. at Village Christian are moving to 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. The first beginning November, November 7th. Instead beginning Saturday, November 7th. Uh, instead of 4.30, instead of 7. Yes. So we're doing it 30 minutes earlier. Thanks. Correct. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for, for that Thanks for clearing that up, Robert. <laughs> uh, if you're confused, go to our website, cachurch.com. You can you find go. the schedule of services there. All right, well, we want to talk to Tommy here. We brought him on. Uh, we want to. We have some questions for you, Tommy, if that's okay. But uh, I, I always love hearing the story of how you kind of ended up at CA and, and how you and, and Mark kind of teamed up in ministry. So just kind of share with the guys that are listening uh, how, that, how that happened. Yeah, I'm from El Paso, Texas. I moved here to go to music school at Musicians Institute in Hollywood. And when I was there, um, one of my... My musical here, my favorite groups was a band called Koinonia, and and the sax player in that band was Justo Mario. So I, I oh, followed wow. his music. So that I met a drummer at the school that says I know this little church where Justo Mario plays on the worship team. So I'd never heard of Eagle Rock, and um, anyway, so I showed up first service and and. Gusto was there and he was playing, but everything was just very simple and it was there was nothing like wow about anything, but it was such a humble spirit about the place and I thought, well, I think I'll come back next week. And I had this weird 
thought there was pews at the time sitting. I thought, wonder, wouldn't it be weird like if I was here for 10 years or something? That was <laughs> 30 years ago. Mm. Anyways, so I remember my mom telling me, you know, Tommy, don't wait for the perfect moment for God to use you. Just make yourself available and whatever the gifts he's given you, mm. make them available now in some way or another. So That's I walked up to Pastor Mark. I said, you don't know me, but I just want to make myself available to serve. So I ended up leading worship in a life group. We didn't call him that at the time, but, and so that's kind of the way it works, you know, is you just make yourself available and God starts opening doors for you and starts blessing your life when you serve. So I did that. So then I started volunteering as a guitar player on the worship team. And then I started leading every once in a while. And then I became the worship leader. But then, um, but all, but the, the amazing magic that happened, I know that's the wrong word, was I was a songwriter and I really partly moved to L.A. to to be, you know, in the music industry or whatever. And I was, you know, I came to L.A. and I knew a friend who knew a friend who was the uncle of a friend who, of somebody <laughs> at a record company or whatever. And so I'd make my little song demos and I'd pass it to them. And I was always, they'd blow me off and I was rejected all, <laughs> all the time. And I was telling Mark about this. And uh, Tommy, were, they, were these worship songs or these were not these were these were kind of they were christian songs and they were you could say they were kind of vertical kind of songs but they were more artist kind of songs um but then i but i was here at christian assembly and and uh mark said something that changed my life he says well why don't you write songs for christian assembly and I, and I thought to myself, well, nobody else wants my songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing congreg more congregational type worship songs for Christian Assembly. And and you you probably don't realize this, but there's not very many pastors in the world that actually ask a worship leader to write worship songs because because it's it's much easier to go find the most popular worship songs right, right. it makes perfect sense it's not like i'm blaming any pastors or anything whatever we do it's you do what's successful do what you already know is working and then when you do it it'll most likely work so to let somebody really have a uh, kind of be a, like a worship laboratory if you will that's what i would call mm -hmm. a christian assembly that's a real that's a real generous thing for a pastor to let you do so he he just said yeah just do whatever you dream up and think up and write whatever just try it and do it and also part of that it wasn't only mark but it was the it was the real spirit of christian assembly that was such a generous openness to whatever god would be doing and i was just telling the story before we went on air of of art bada who was a elderly man that had been on the worship team for 50 years before I got there. He played violin. He's the guy that got rid of Italian Christian Assembly on the bus, the Christian Assembly bus. If you ever hear that story, you can reference that somewhere else at some other point. But anyways, I was the young guy then, and they were so uh, open to the new thing and what was happening. And, and especially Mark was just so so open to whatever I would try and so Christian Assembly just became this perfect place for me and then because of Husto 
he was and just still is this world-class musician and was doing all these sessions and movie dates and album dates and all the studios in town so he knew all the greatest musicians <laughs> in LA <laughs> and he's witnessing to them all right so especially in that season we had all the great some of the greatest musicians in the world coming to Krishna assembly wow. so all of a sudden I have this church that says hey just write whatever you want <laughs> by the way we have all the best musicians yeah. to play it every week wow. so it was just such a amazing divine setup and uh, and yeah, and for really for 20 years, it was mostly just Mark and I every weekend uh, partnering together. And like our production meetings were like, we'd show up Sunday morning, how you doing? Good, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you seen, write something? Yeah, okay, play it. <laughs> you've seen, you've seen uh, I mean, you've seen our church grow and, and change throughout the years. What has been some of the biggest changes that you've seen? Well, I mean, you know, the the biggest boy there's so many but some of the the biggest changes is when as all churches go through like when Tom came and which people might not realize it's a very different way of going about it where Mark brought Tom in but didn't just bring him in and then Mark just disappeared mm -hmm. yeah. usually like six months later the the senior pastor is nowhere to be found and the the new pastors got to show up and there's there's always a bunch of people that leave and this and that and there and no matter how you do it short or long it's always a very difficult transition because it's a different person with a different DNA right. and, and and so as, as I've grown older I've had to give give my my spot to Jacob and Alex and, and bless them and affirm them and mm -hmm. do that and Mark's done the same with Tom so so it's like I like I've been here for 30 years I remember like we'd go on staff retreat and it was like basically five or six of us that was the whole thing <laughs> and so you kind of you have to really embrace the new constantly embrace the new and so um, so yeah I look at the staff and even all you guys like you, for me you're you're new but but you're been here a really long time already so it's it's learning how to constantly adjust to that but I have to go back to when I showed up here and how Krishna assembly was so like Tommy whatever you want to try to go for yeah. it and to Art Bada and those people wow. and I always remember thinking way back then when I get old I hope I'm I'm this way and so I want to be a person that's really blessing the new and the young and also as a worship leader I, I've I think this is true in every industry but I I'm also a student. Like I'm, I want to be one that's learning from them, and especially if you're doing anything in ministry that has anything to do with culture, because culture is always changing. So therefore, the young are going to know a lot more about it than I am. And uh, so, trying to be a student and keep growing and keep learning and keep keep letting God worry about my um, my platform instead of me worry about it. Wow. And, uh, so, yeah. mm. It's great, great. That's a great, great story. Thanks for sharing that. You've had uh, you've had the unique privilege of seeing even our men's movement, uh, you know, change, grow. I mean, it, it's I think it's grown at least in the term time that I've been here. But you've seen you've all seen, well, no, but you've also seen uh, men's ministry in greater context. You were talking about promise keepers uh -huh. earlier. Uh, what would you say to guys, especially in this season, who are 
um, you know, looking for where they fit in to the church, um, to leadership. Um, you know, where where have you seen some really strong uh, men's movements, and and where do you see where do you see our church going in terms of our men's movement? Yeah, well, I, I think I think for one, Mark is he just I think he has a real touch on his life for men like for some reason he gets up there and men are just like all right he's a man's man whatever he says I'm gonna listen to it and so and so that I think that there's always been a hunger at Christian Assembly but Marvin with you bringing stability to it and and all you guys and and the influence of Mark it really it feels like to me like there there's a momentum even with the COVID and everything happening, there's a hunger. But what yeah. I would really like to say is, is um, you know, our culture, like TV shows and things, the, the man, men are, are just always the, the doofus and the mm-hmm. everything. But the power of a man who loves Jesus in the home is is insurmountable. And I just want to encourage. Like you can feel this pressure, like I need to be the the leader of my home and my family, and I don't know how to do it, and I can't do it. I'm just this guy, and like I totally get that. But your kids just need to see you worship. They need to see that you don't just know the rules of the Bible, but that you love Jesus, that you have a relationship with Him. If you'll do, if you'll take your, if you'll show that, and if you'll take your kids to church, and if you'll pray with your wife. That's not insurmountable to do. Mm-hmm. But if you'll do that, your family will you'll leave a, a legacy of faith that will be more precious than anything else in your life. Wow. That right there. That's good right That's there. Cold. That's good right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Uh you guys had had come up with a few questions for Tommy <clears throat> as well, right? Yeah, Tommy, one one of the things <clears throat> I mean I could I could sit and talk to you all day, but I know I'm too intense for you. <laughs> but I, I think one of the things I was thinking is, like, where, where do you get your inspiration when you write your lyrics? Is it that you sit and you spend time reading scripture, and then you think, because I know some of the songs you, you write come from the Psalms and stuff, so is it, I'm reading, I'm reading something, and then I think I can put these words to music, or is it just I spend time in prayer, and then completely irrelevant to what I'm reading? How is it that you come across to getting you know, the lyrics that you, when you write. Because I know you showed me one time on your phone, you have so many lyrics that for that you haven't even used in songs. That you just have, like, like God, it seems like millions of words on there. So you haven't even tapped into all that. And I just wonder where, where that yeah. comes from. Yeah, it's funny that you asked that this morning because in my devotions this morning, I was reading Psalms 36. And a portion of Psalm 36, I realized, I put a melody to Psalms 36. And then I th- thought about it. This just speaks to my age, but it's okay. I'm embracing it. I'm a grandpa now, by the way. <laughs> uh, I put a melody to this psalm 40 years ago. <laughs> and and I realized that my first song I ever wrote, I I put a melody. I don't, I don't even remember the, the verses. It's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, whatever mm-hmm. verse that is. And... No one told me to write songs to scripture, but I was 11, 12 years old, and I and I did that. And so when I when I read that psalm this morning, I realized I've been just mostly writing 
songs from scripture so I'm in my devotions and uh, I'll read a, a verse and I'll think oh that's a song you know? mm. and I'll just start singing the scripture and figuring out a way how to put it to music and make it the phrasing work out and everything and the, the cool thing about it for all you hundreds of songwriters out there in the men's group I don't know if there are but if you write songs from scripture they're timeless yeah they have Absolutely. God's authority on them and they have the eternity on them. It says God's word will stand firm in the heavens forever, you know. And so I was so I went to my computer and I actually found a recording of this psalm uh, from Psalm 36. I don't know how I, I I remember now. I hope I'm not going on and on too long, but no, you're fine. I I found a cassette of me singing that song 40, a cassette recording of me singing that song 40 years ago and wow. I digitized it about 10 years ago. So I found it on my computer and I listened to it and I was so taken. I was like, because it was God's word, I, I could sing that song today mm. and it would feel kind of the same. And so I guess it mainly speaks to the timelessness of God's word in our life, obviously. But, but yeah, that's, that's my favorite way to write. Tommy, my question for you is, um, obviously you're a worship leader, and uh, before you become one and come up on stage, you personally are a worshiper. Um, can you talk about uh, how to develop a heart of worship for those who are maybe having a difficult time putting themselves before the Lord and uh, worshiping? Yeah, well, I will say, first off, that you have no idea how important and worship is in your life and the power of it and the weapon that it is in your life <clears throat> especially when you're feeling faithless when you're feeling discouraged when yeah. you feel like giving up it is it is um it's going on the offense and when you when you uh and you know i realize not everybody's a singer or whatever and it so it can be that you're you're just speaking out psalms or god's word or speaking out prayer or writing poems or whatever or I would personally encourage you get in your car and turn on your worship music and drive around where nobody can hear you and sing <laughs> along whatever is gonna help you let what is true about God come out of your mm. mouth you've got to let it come out so that your your spirit what is true will line up with your discouraged flesh you know and uh, so it's so important and it's so important in this time where we're it's so hard for us to gather right yeah. now I'm telling you it's survival mode uh, you, to to worship so it's really a choice going back to your your question and um, and to to say I'm gonna be a worshiper I mean I've been reading through the Bible, one of those chronological uh, Bible reading plans, and I'm in Numbers. I've been, just finished Leviticus, and like, man, there's some. It's like, really, God, you did that? You know, you know how you read through the Bible, you're like, you're shocked every time what you're reading, and things I, I'm not. I just can't understand God. We we've had some tragedy in my family this year, and but I'm telling you, it's something about just worshiping and just speaking out, singing out, shouting out the truth. It's beyond understanding, but it 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 bring it's food to your soul, it's strength to your spirit, and and you need to do it. So I would just say, basically, it's a choice. I'm going to be a worshiper, and think about it. What do you want to be known as? A doubter, 
a skeptic, yeah. uh, a negative person, a, a whatever, especially to your family, or wow, dad was a worshiper, you know, I mm. think you would prefer that. Wow. Oh, wow. That's really, really deep, Tony, yeah. yeah. You know, I just have to, I just, I, I thought of a story today, and because you're Filipino, I just have to share this story. I wait, Robert. Uh, what? He's not Filip. Are you Filipino? <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought he was Guatemalan. GLM. GLM, brother. <laughs> this just, I just, this came to my mind, and it was just such an amazing memory. So I, for a few years, I got to work with Franklin Graham. And I forget the name of the park there in Manila, where the Manila Hotel is. Resolved. Yeah. So. I got to lead worship at, at a big event at the mm, Resolve yes, Park, yes, and yes. it was like 150,000 people. Wow. Yes. It was just wow. amazing. One of the bigger events I was ever a part of. So, so uh, I, I hope it's okay to share this. It was just one of those crazy things that happened in my life. So so I finished leading the last song, like like they're giving an altar call. That's just amazing. You know, thousands of people coming mm. forward to receive Christ, and then this, like, this uh, secret service guy. I'm like, he's like, hey, come here. And I'm like, oh no, what's going on? You know, because they have a big stage and they have all this security and fencing and, or whatever to keep. And there's like two black Escalades back behind the stage. <laughs> and they're like, um, Franklin wants to, wants to have dinner with you. I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so they go, okay. Go, go to the, the second Escalade back left seat. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys, they got the the Ear little pieces. earpieces and and they're they're you know carrying heat and the whole thing. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So, so I just okay. So I'm back in the in the back seat there and just sitting there for like just me and the driver for about five minutes and I don't know what's happening and then and then. Franklin Graham and uh, Dennis Agajanian, but he's a he's like a country artist that often does those crusades with him. And they say we're we're going to the Mohi uh, the Manila Hotel. Yeah, yeah. So they take me to the hotel. It was just this moment in my life where I felt like I was the president of the United <laughs> States. And they pull up, and there's like all these guards around me mm -hmm. the whole time, and they take me up to the Douglas MacArthur Suite. This is where he stayed during World War II. Wow. And you go up into the suite and they have it restored so it it's just like it was when he was there, you know, mm. and there's this big painting of him and everything and I'm having dinner wow. with him. And I just thought I just thought, wow, you know, the day before I was I was with uh, um uh, where's the uh, the veterans. I, I always forget the name of that place where we have the breakthrough uh, school uh, in that poor neighborhood. Oh, uh, yeah, City O. Uh, uh, something veterans. I always yeah, yeah. say it. Anyways, I'm with like the poorest of the poor, mm -hmm. like sweating my guts out, just <laughs> worshiping with these little kids that mm -hmm. are orphans and everything, and worshiping. And then I'm in the suite of. <laughs> hotel and I just thought wow God is so good to me and he's let me be with the lowest of the low and the highest of the high I'm just so grateful for it so, mm. yeah. wow what you a know, cool story I, I had an yeah, opportunity really to go to the Philippines with Tommy and he did his concerts there and in, in the poorest of poor neighborhood that he's talking about and um, you know you would think that uh, well you know 
this is not the stage, the grand stage that uh, Tommy gets to play, but you're right. You, you worship and you gave the same quality of worship there mm. as you do if you were in Franklin Graham's mm -hmm. uh, crusade. And I got to see uh, you doing concert in that neighborhood and uh, you were concerned about the sound, mic check, and then when you went to worship, I mean, yeah, when you said you sweated, you did, you did, you did. You were, you were, you were all in, and uh, that's what I appreciate about mm. that. And I'm like, wow, you know. And of course, these people who um, who were in that neighborhood, um, you know, it's just this white guy worshiping, right, or singing, and they have no idea that. Uh, the next day, he's in the Franklin Graham stage, right? But um, yeah, it just transcends all of mm -hmm. these uh, cultural or uh, uh, economic backgrounds. It just it just focuses on worship and just bringing Christ mm -hmm. into that atmosphere. So, Tommy, thanks for doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah, amen. Well, I, I, you know, on behalf of the men's ministry, I just, uh, you know, just have enjoyed. Uh, your, your ministry as, as you lead our men at retreat especially I mean those have been some really special moments and I mean one of the most special was was a retreat I think a couple of years ago when it was just like the spirit broke out in our midst and mm. you had the sensitivity and I know Tom and Keith was there as well Keith Jenkins our speaker but you had the sensitivity to allow that moment to happen and just kind of play in the background while God was doing taking the center stage and doing this thing and I just have Seeing the way you, you lead our men and, and, and the guys so enjoy your ministry amongst us. So thank um, you for that. One of my favorite memories real quick was, uh, I don't know how many years ago, four or five years ago, but the power went out, remember? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And all of a sudden there's no power. And that's happened to me in the Philippines a few times too, <laughs> by the way. But there's something special about when everything goes wrong mm -hmm. and all of a sudden everybody in the room goes, okay, now what's going to happen mm -hmm. because everyone yeah. knows that what's whatever is about to happen was not able to be planned yeah. you know and i just remember we just all began to worship acapella with just our voices and it was almost like it was the best part mm -hmm. of the whole thing because you could just sense the the authenticity and the in the moment relationship with jesus that all the men had and that's one of my that men's uh retreat uh, lights out moment is one of my favorite worship moments. Yeah, I remember that. That was a really, mm -hmm. really cool moment. Hey, uh, one more question, if I can. Of course. Uh, you know, Tom, you've been you've worshipped, or you've led worship so many times. What was the most powerful moment you witnessed when the Holy Spirit has descended during your time of worship? <laughs> oh boy, that's just just really impossible. Um, but it just makes me. It just reminds me to think of, of of just how the presence of God and God's Spirit is the same regardless of the, the amount of people. Yeah, for a while there I was getting to lead stadiums for Promise Keepers and I can remember like leading the hymn Holy 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 Acapella, you know, with 70,000 men wow. and just the sound of the worship and, and and on top of that you'd have all these these groups these church groups of men and they would put like a banner the name of their church 
which is really cool because then next to that banner was the banner of another church yeah. and it showed the mm. unity in the body of Christ. But then, honestly, to to be amongst the poor in the Philippines and have them teach me what worship was mm. when I'm seeing them literally praying for food that day. Mm. I remember we'd do like worship seminars and we'd have a mm. prayer line mm. for people and I would think they would come up and ask for food or money and they'd say, I just want more of God's anointing in my life. Mm. I'm like, wow. And so being so taught and led by the people that have the least and the way they worship and sensing the presence of God in their worship uh, is just as powerful as being in a stadium. Mm. Well, we thank you. We thank you for your legacy, for yeah, your absolutely. faithfulness, for your, your humility, and just um, your impact on me. Your impact yeah. on, on men, on fathers, on husbands, on families here in Eagle Rock, but around the world, obviously. Yeah. So. And surrendering, Tommy, just making yourself available for God to use you. It's just, when you just when you shared that with your with your mom advice mm -hmm. uh, you and it's just for you to just lead your life like that. It's just such a blessing. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna. One of my questions was gonna ask you about calling, but it, I get the sense that that was just something that your mom kind of or your parents maybe instilled in you just at a, a young age about just make your make yourself available. Yeah, yeah. and you'll be shocked what God will do and bring to your life. Especially for like a musician, you're like, man, I'm going to wait for that perfect stage or that perfect whatever. But I think in every, every person has that. When I get to be a little bit more righteous or a little bit more perfect or mm -hmm. whatever, then I'm going to step out. But it never works that way. It has mm -hmm. to be today. What can I do? And, and that, I, I like to live my life that way. It's like, I just want to have a goal that I do one, just maybe just, if it's just one thing every day, but one thing that really glorifies God today and, and is a way that I can live out my calling today. And, and if you can accomplish one thing every day, it, it adds up. And the last thing I just want to say is God loves his church and his church, the gates of hell will not prevail against Amen. it, nor a, a pandemic or anything. And, and to love the church and I know it's hard to go to church now and whether it's online or on our at our Saturday services but I in my 30 years of Christian assembly I have just watched the families and the men that have worshiped with their kids and with their families and their wives the difference between them and those that don't is mm. just a very large difference mm -hmm. so I just want to encourage you to love Christian Assembly love the church with a capital C Jesus loves his church it's imperfect but if you'll be a if you'll have a church loving culture in your family in your life you're you you will be blessed Amen. well with that uh, encouragement we'll sign off mm -hmm. thanks Tommy for being our guest today thanks George and Robert for showing up and uh, thanks for wearing pants today, George. <laughs> half, half pants. Half <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, please share the word with uh, a friend, uh, a loved one, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.